the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height sitting in today for Mr. Ed Martin here to start off the show, and I am glad to be with you. Thank you for being with us. We've got a great uh, holiday week here, uh, Thanksgiving, and we're looking forward to celebrating that with our friends and family. But before we get there, uh, there's still a few things going on that we should cover, a few things we should talk about, and today a couple of really good interviews we're going to get to that I know you will enjoy. So uh, before we get into that, let me take a moment to remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com. You can also go to PhyllisSchlafly.com. There you'll find not only our podcasts of past shows, uh, but the standalones of just individual guests. And of course, if it's someone with a book, an article, a certain topic we are discussing, if there are links that matter that are pertinent to that issue, they will be there in the show notes. We also post them on social media. So head on over, ProAmericaReport.com. You'll be able to get all those resources, links, the audio. And, of course, you can sign up for the email list. Uh, Get the Wink email to your inbox every day, nice and short, first thing in the morning, giving you a little glimpse at what you need to know. It will be worth your while, Uh, particularly this week uh, when maybe you're loading for bear, uh, getting ready for some of those family holidays, uh, those family gatherings where, of course, we have to... uh, Put on our uh, adult, uh, put on our adult thinking caps, and be kind to other people, but also uh, not participate in the folly of <laughs> what should we say? Family and friends who watch too much of the news. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, we look forward to uh, all of that, uh, all of that revelry and the holiday uh, eating and the uh, being thankful for even those uh, uh, less fortunate of our family members who are crazy and watch CNN. But that's okay. That's uh, that's a little bit of what I want to talk about here to start with. Uh, we got a couple of good interviews coming down the pike here. Uh, like I said, but um, what we want to start off with first, I, I think that um, there's something that we should cover a little bit more than we have. Uh, and, and here's how we'll pose it. Here's here's just the top line. What you need to know today is follow the evidence, follow the evidence. And I think that that's a good advice uh, for those of us watching Speaker Mike Johnson here, who we, we talked about that the, uh, talked about that this week uh, already. He has followed through on his promise uh, to release January six tapes to the public, and sure enough, a big a dump of them came last week. Lots of folks are diving in and seeing for themselves for the first time. Uh, and you know, as we've had some conversations around this, like uh, some of us said, who are paying attention uh, pretty closely to the internet traffic and videos and things that were happening you know in, in real time january 6 2021 uh, that that day that week uh, of a lot of these events it kind of reminds us that oh yeah when, when we originally looked and saw this 
uh, it's kind of a big nothing burger. You listen to CNN and some of the other, you know, wild uh, leftist news outlets, MSNBC and all the others, and then, oh my goodness, uh, heaven forbid we forget the uh, supposedly select committee that Nancy Pelosi put together um, with uh, a bunch of Democrats and then a couple of more Democrats with an R behind their name. <laughs> uh, you listen to all of that, and they, they paint this picture of some wild event out of a movie, this armed coup uh, this this insurrection of uh, military aged males who are trying to take over and and you know wrench the government from control of Congress. It's just it's it's crazy and, and to hear and then you go and look at the videos and say this this looks nothing like that. I mean this looks nothing at all like that. Now maybe watching these videos alone doesn't show me exactly what did happen, but I can tell you it doesn't look like what you're telling me happened. That just doesn't pass the smell test anymore. And I think that's where it comes in whether. You know, you're looking at these for yourself to try to figure out more about what's happening. These these new videos that uh, Speaker Johnson has put out, and I'll make sure we've linked to them, but I'll link to them again today in the show notes and on social media. We'll make sure that goes out. But as you're looking at these and as you're, uh, you know, thinking uh, also kind of simultaneously this week towards some of these family gatherings, we're going to talk to some folks. Maybe not on the same page as you. I think this is a really good reminder for us as we are looking for what's going on in America, as we are looking for how we can be involved and what we can do. You and I, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this show, you care about America and you want to do something. You want to be a part of the solution to you know fill in the blank and put America first, make America great again, return our country to founding principles, restore liberty, whatever the phrasing is that you choose, whatever Whatever the specific thing is that you are interested in or looking at, uh, you are wanting to be involved. You understand there are problems and you want to be a part of fixing them. But there are a lot of people that don't recognize that at all. They don't see the problems. They think everything is fine. They're completely unaware of it. There are a lot of people who see the problems and bury their head in the sand because they don't want to uh, deal with it. It's too much. It's too hard. Uh, They think it's too dirty and we just want to live our own life and do our own thing. You know, through all of these, as we march forward, as you have an opportunity to speak to people who need to either pull their head out of the sand or who need to recognize what, you know, is happening... The mantra that we must follow is, or the mantra that that we must preach and, and, uh, you know, abide by ourselves is follow the evidence. Follow the evidence. It's just that simple. If you constantly ask the question, why? If you constantly want to know, well, where did that come from? Well, why did this start that way? Well, why do you say that this is the way that that is? Well, what really, let, let me see what really happened. In each of these issues, whether it's whether it's J6 or something else, as you march through these issues, you start to go deeper and deeper and realize the principles that under, well, not only the, just the, the reality of what happened, factually, what has happened, what someone said, what event took place and what it actually looked like, who did or did not do this or that or the other. But as you as you continue to follow the evidence and ask those questions, the why, what, where, who, how, you play your own detective, you realize more and more you start to understand the principles behind these things. Well, then if this if this happens, then then why did people do that? Why did it matter? Well, and then if these folks over here in the news are lying about what happened, because I could see with my own eyes, it's different. Then, then why are they lying? Well, why would they do that? As you ask these questions and begin to follow the evidence doggedly, you will find answers and not 
the narrative answers. You will start to see things as they really are. You'll start to understand what's really going on. You'll start to understand uh, who is looking like you for the truth and who is trying to publish the truth and who's not interested in it, who is just interested in creating their truth, spinning up the narrative of what they want to have happened, what they want other people to think. It becomes very clear very quickly when you are just pursuing the evidence, following the evidence, what's going on. And I think that that's the number one thing uh, that we are seeing out of this release of the new round of January 6 tapes. Uh, not that they were handed over to Tucker's producers, but given directly to you and me, we can go and watch them, all of these unedited tapes. Now, of course, it's not all of them. Again, it was in, in just in an astronomical amount of hours of footage, including a lot of cameras that weren't necessarily uh, where something was going on. But just everything, everything exists. I mean, think about it. It's the United States Capitol Complex. How many security cameras are there? There's probably a lot of, of fairly irrelevant footage. So as they put it out, you know, bits at a time, we continue to, well, be grateful to Speaker Johnson's office for following through on that promise and push for and ask that they continue to do that. I'm sure there is more that they need to do. Um, So, uh, you know, as we as we're grateful, we ought to be encouraging of that. But then as we look across this, as we see uh, the the range of commentary on these videos that everyone now has access to equally to look at, uh, we are seeing so much of the same thing. People realizing, wait a minute, this doesn't match remotely anything that you told us, you the news or you the uh, the powers that be. This doesn't look anything like that. In fact, what I'm looking at is a, a very different story. Uh, people who were very kind and friendly with police and police who were kind and friendly back with them. The doors were open for folks. There's very little bra- I, I mean, it's, you, you know, you can find your pockets of oh, well, this happened. A window was broken here and there and there. Yes, and apparently there were also 50 other <laughs> places where people entered and the police opened the doors for them and high-fived and fist-bumped people. It's just a, this this very obviously different from the narrative that you have given me this whole time. Uh, or, or on the other side of it, we're seeing so much of the crowd not being rowdy outside and then police firing um, tear gas and crowd control measures and all kinds of non-lethal things into the crowd that wasn't really that unruly and then the crowd began to get unruly. So you kind of start to ask the question, well, wait a minute, who got aggressive first, at least in some of these areas, some of these pockets? The, the evidence tells its own story. And the more that we get out of the narrative that has been told to us and follow the evidence, the more you'll see what's happening. And as we march through this mantra here in the in the J6 tapes, it, it is the good reminder for us to take and apply across the spectrum of what we're doing, across the spectrum of people with whom we have influence, family and friends, especially family and friends who don't really understand what's going on or who don't want to understand what's going on because they think it's too big or too messy, whatever it is. And I am... Uh, very hopeful that if we are uh, in pursuit of the evidence, if we are following the evidence, you can get a few people to come along with you. You can make some waves and some changes in people's minds uh, to see, wait a minute, something's going on here, and and I want to know what's real, and I want to know why this happened and why what's real matters, and and that, I think, is a a ticket uh, for us moving forward. So follow the evidence. There's there's what you need to know today. Uh, We'll be right back here. We're going to get a couple of great interviews. I'll be back. We'll wrap up the end of the show here, uh, and then Ed with us in the middle. Don't miss it. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Get all the goodies there, the standalones, the podcast, the resources and links, and sign up for the email list and be right here after the break. We'll dive right in. We'll talk to you in just a moment on the Pro-America Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, very interesting uh, guest. Our next guest is a, a, an author, an editor, a publisher. Uh, he's the author of the book Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. Also the publisher of The Hayride, an award-winning culture and politics site that particularly covers Southern and national current events. Um, and uh, his first book was The Revivalist Manifesto. And uh, but, but here's the thing. When I was looking and was having an exchange with one of his people on this, I, I wanted to talk to him because this topic, you know, Joe Biden, it, it doesn't feel like President Biden is really doing anything. Now people are feeling that. And so who is? And in this book, uh, the answer from Scott McKay is it's Barack Obama. And so, Scott McKay, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Hey, Ed, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And uh, the book, which is out just uh, what a day. Is it out today or yesterday? It's out tomorrow, technically, I guess. Uh, so um, that's very Correct. cool. November too. 21st. I, uh, yeah. Better to be lucky than good. Calamo Press. So but tell me about this. Is it really Obama? Like when people think Obama is Obama actively day to day paying? I know he's paying attention, but is he doing this or is it the same people that were around Obama who are around uh, Biden? You know, the Susan Rice's of the world. They're famous. She's famous. But and and uh, what's her name over at the Department of Justice? The number two name fails me. Gosh, I must be a long weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, the uh, but or is it is he actually involved? Uh, well, the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> to both. Uh, oh, yeah, good. You know, I look. You can I I mean, it depends on how you want to style it, but you can use the corporate Barack Obama, which is sort of the the sum total of the Susan Rice's and Samantha Powers and Jake Sullivan's and David Axelrod's of the world. You know, or you can just, you know, use Barack Obama because he does sit at the top of that machine. And, you know, what he says generally goes where that's concerned. Um so, I, you know, certainly who's not running the country is Joe Biden. I think we all know that. Um, right. And and if there was really any question about it, all of that was resolved a year or so ago when Obama made his triumphant return to the White House. Right. right. And you yep. saw all the video of that. I mean, yeah. He was kind of mobbed by all those people like he was some sort of conquering hero. And meanwhile, Joe Biden can't get a conversation struck up with anybody in the room. Yeah. Um and, you know, that and then this past week, uh, Axelrod pops off on on TV talking about how Biden really shouldn't run. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that generated some back and forth. Biden called Axelrod a dirty name. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the fact that David Axelrod, who speaks for Barack Obama in all things, would pop off and say that about the the, the Democrats Putative nominee, incumbent president that nobody other than some guy named Dean Phillips, nobody's ever heard of, is actually running against. Right. The fact that Axelrod said that is conspicuous. It's it's suspicious. Um, you know, and, and the question there is, is, OK, but if you if you bounce this guy out, then, you know, who runs? Well, yeah. Gavin Newsom says he's not going to run. And Gavin Newsom said that Kamala Harris is the heir apparent. And Kamala Harris was the Obama uh, machine's choice for the Democratic nominee in 2020. Right. Um, so, you know, it um, would seem foolhardy for yeah. these guys to put Kamala at the top of the ticket. But I don't know that I would put it past them. Right. Scott McKay is our guest, the author of the book, uh, which is out uh, right now. Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. Before we get into some more specifics about this division, this uh, that Obama does and, and sort of I want to try this out on you. When Obama ran and won, 
guys like um, Biden in 2007 and eight that, you know, this new guy in the Senate, he's not supposed to pull this off. He's not supposed to come in here and buck the system. And he caught the moment. And he also is a once in a generation Democrat talent. You don't have to like him to admit that I would argue. And, and then and then at the end of his time, certainly by the time two terms, but even pretty quickly after one, it's Obama's party. You know, even, you know, it's totally Obama's party. That's it. And my argument to you, Scott, would be it's a little bit like Trump in 2015 when Trump ran. Everybody's like, oh, Jeb's Jeb's like, you know, you're you're coming in here. And, you know, Scott Walker's going, I spent, uh, you know, 25 years building my resume to do this. And I got all these guys from Paul Ryan to Reince Priebus. And I'm going to do this. And and then here comes Trump. And by the time Trump's term is over, it's Trump's party. So we're at a point where it's Trump's. You you can pretend that somebody else is going to do something, but it's Trump's party and it's Obama's party. And 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 I think that's a pretty darn good parallel for uh the 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 uh the the the, where we are what do you think of that well yes i would say that that um there is an analogy between the the those two but what i would say is that barack obama has a hammerlock on the democratic party that donald trump wishes he had on the on the gop side Okay. Um, I, I can see that. Yeah, I think I, I, I see a, that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, which is not to argue with you at all. I'm just saying, you know, Democrats generally are a whole lot more likely to just fall in line right. than Republicans are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans will give you all kinds of uh, arguments. It's kind of like that Red Bull commercial, you know, where where the guy gives all the the, yeah. uh, the parents Red Bulls. And right. All of a sudden they start. Uh, they start arguing and the guy says, well, yeah, individuality is, you know, uh, <laughs> that's the Republican Party. So you're right. never going to get quite the hammerlock on on the, the GOP that, that you can with the Democrats. But Obama has completely taken over the Democrat Party. That happened around 2000, early, early 2008. Um, and that machine has dominated the party. I would say even that that machine has dominated the country. Uh, and the 2020 election was a perfect example of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they foisted a guy on the on America who had no business being president uh, and couldn't even run a campaign. And it didn't even bother them that they were that they were trying to pull this over on the American people because, you know, they'd spent eight years under Obama and then arguably four more under Trump with deep, deep state shadow government things that they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and pulled it all off. Um, and I don't know that Donald Trump is ever, I don't know that Trump will ever have the ambition to do that kind of stuff, much less the ability to do it. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Scott McKay is our guest. Uh, I mean, by the way, it's Lisa Monaco. I couldn't get my head around it earlier. That's another one of these uh, Obama people. Um, right. Scott and his book, uh, make sure to hit it again. Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. Um does Obama do you think when you look at what Obama I mean, when it's perfect racism, revenge and ruin. I mean, it's perfect because it, it, the R's and all run together. But the division is so clear, dividing the country. It, yes. does, does Obama think of himself in your estimation and his people? Do they think that they're self-righteous and they're getting it right? Or do they actually think like this, you know, dialectical materialism? Like You got to have a fight amongst them so you can take advantage. The, the Rahm Emanuel. I think Rahm Emanuel is just a politician, a political monster. I don't think he's an ideologue. I might be wrong, but I think Obama is. And, and but is, is that what it is or is it a power? I mean, what's what's going on behind this is your guess. I, I think that these are the most power hungry people who have ever graced the American political stage. 
Hmm. Um, and I, I and I do think that you know particularly sort of the the core influencers behind Obama, the Jeremiah Wrights, the you know the Bill Ayerses of the world, they're revolutions. I mean, these guys are you know unreconstructed '60s Marxist revolutionaries uh, who want to change America as founded into something completely different. Um, and, you know, the the methods by which they're going about this are different from, you know, if you're if you're Gen X or, or older, you know, you think of a Marxist revolutionary as somebody, you know, who's going to you know throw bombs and, and shoot people and all that. These guys want to do it through community organizing, through mm-hmm. what Trump would say, rigging the, the electoral process. Uh, through using political power to do things that uh, that their opponents won't. Um, and, you know, the entire eight years of Obama and then all the time since uh, has been spent doing those things in not just in politics, but also in culture and, and, and economics as well. I mean, think of the ways that they have co-opted corporate America for the woke uh, revolution. Right. Which in 2007, you would have never thought that that was possible. Right. Um, You know, and then, of course, like we just a week ago or a a weekend ago, uh, the Marvels debuted. Yeah. yeah. Utter disaster. (laughs) Yeah. But all that is, is woke propaganda disguised as entertainment. Right. And they lose money, but they don't care because they keep pushing these things. Yeah. Uh, Um, Scott, Scott, unfortunately, I'm out of time. I got a hard stop. Yeah, no, no. But uh, Scott McKay, I'll put up on social media. His book is Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. Uh, It's uh, just out a few days. Uh, Calamo Press, Calamo Press. I'll put it up on social media. Thank you, Scott, for the time and insight and uh, important. Uh, We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. It's been a while. It's probably been, I don't know, maybe even a year since we've had our next guest. A.J. Rice is a, a well, he's kind of a community, he's a businessman, a communications guy. He's got a big communications firm, uh, but he's done lots of other stuff. And one of the things he's done is he's been a writer for a long time now, and he's got a book that was it's about out a year ago. Post Hill Press put it out, and it's called The Woking Dead, and it's called Publius Prose. That's the one of the reference to his company and uh, A.J. Rice, welcome back. How are you? Brother Ed, great to be here, my friend. Well, so let me ask you, you, you got to feel like you wrote that this is a compilation of your columns. So it came out in July of 2022, so 18 months ago. And the woke movement has shifted, right? So and and maybe it's more exposed, but not maybe it's not less effective. It's still pretty effective in some ways, the, the woke stuff, the cancel culture. How do you feel about the moment we're in? Where, where are we? It's 18 months since these columns were published. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, look, we were ahead of the curve. I I think Vivek, who is our client was really one of the only people that had a book out before us. And Mm -hmm. I recommend it. It was called woke Inc. He was dealing more with the business side of how this stuff has played out. I'm dealing more with the culture. Um, But look, it, you know, it's aged wonderfully. I mean, most of the stuff, yeah. I mean, I could re- I could rewrite the book every day. In fact, volume two is coming out next summer and uh, we're going to build on what we did in The Woking Dead. So there will be a sequel, probably a trilogy at this point. Hmm. Um, has it has 
look, I've tried to put together a unified theory of wokeness. And I will tell you, it's hard because it's a target-rich environment. And what started as basically just the trans mafia, the 1619 Project, and Black Lives Matter is now, it's gone everywhere. This is everywhere. Wokeism in everything, from NASCAR to Skittles, from Bud Light to the NBA. Um, But look, we are fighting back. And I think capitalism and commerce is a way you can fight back. Miller and Coors were very quick to capitalize on the fact that Bud Light put a tranny in the bathtub. Never thought I'd see that. You want to talk about, you know, being tone deaf, not knowing your, not knowing your audience. (laughs) Right. Um, And look, I think millennials in particular, they're turning 40 and 15 years ago, they might've voted for Obama, but they can't, they're having a hard time buying a house. They're having a hard time, you know, just trying to do the normal stuff that Gen X and the boomers were able to do for, for much less money at a younger age. So they're pissed. They're pissed. Right. Uh, and, and they're kind of fighting with Gen Z a little bit. And look, I mean, you know, and I'm not going to take pop shots at every every generation ever, but most millennials' parents are boomers, and most boomers' parents were the people that won World War II. So you can kind of see a direct line in values with them. Whereas with the Gen Xers, no offense to anyone in the audience, but we're talking about the the Breakfast Club kids, the uh, the alienation kids, the Fight Club guys. Um, you know, nine hundred two one zero, Saved by the Bell. And look, they, you know, to quote Fight Club, they had no great war, no Great Depression. Their great war was a spirit. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, trickle down wokeism, trickle down alienation. Gen Z running through the streets. Um, apparently, they love Hamas. Apparently, they're discovering love letters that bin Laden wrote, reading them online on TikTok. I've never seen anything like it. Say what you want about millennials, but we are the only generation, and I'm a member of it. We got hit with the worst terror attack in history the worst financial crisis in history, and the worst mass Chinese plague in history. Right. Three big... <laughs> three hits. Yeah, three hits. House. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, 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 yeah. Well, AJ, so I, it was AJ Rice, our guest. And again, I want to push his book, especially got another one coming out next summer, uh, but it's called The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. As, as uh, he said, and he's the author, it's a, a columns, but talking to sort of about the origin and where it is in the culture fight. But AJ, let me pause and ask you this different question getting to this early in your career. I know this because I think this would be an extraordinary thing to hear stories about. You were one of the producers uh, for Laura Ingram, right? And Laura Ingram is an incredibly successful person, woman, and, you know, a top-notch lawyer. People don't realize clerk for the Supreme Court, all that stuff. And then succeeded in radio, succeeded in TV. But here's sure. what I want to say. It feels like she's kind of one of the last men, not she'd like that, but last people standing in in this in that industry. And and you know, you, you can say, oh, we're fighting back and we're making progress. But, you know, um, there's not many places where you can go to Vivek. You mentioned Vivek Ramaswamy. He's probably been the most effective communicator, but he had to run for president to get heard. 
right? So how do we, and I, I know X is great and I, Elon's probably suing what, you know, uh, media matters. Good. But it, we, we, we don't have Tucker goes to X. It's not the same. Nobody, if you tell me it's the same, he's not selling books the way he did. He's not making people the way he did. What's going to go. How is this going to play out when you don't have to be silenced formally, AJ, we just have to have no way to have our megaphones. You know, it reminds me of when Barack Obama got elected, he had a fancy dinner at George Will's house where he got to handpick who his opposition was going to be. And, <laughs> yeah, and it yeah, was the, it's right. the greatest. It's the yep. it's the greatest hits of rhinos were there. Yep. Some of these some of these guys I know and I've worked with. I mean, I'm kind of friendly with Fred Barnes. I I worked with Charles Krauthammer's books. But it was it was the usual suspects. So Will and Peggy Noonan and Bill Crystal and David Brooks, because that's who Obama wanted his opposition to be. Not Limbaugh, not Ed right. Martin, not right. Michael Savage, not Breitbart.com, not Andrew Breitbart at the time, not not Malkin, not Coulter, not Ingram. That's who they wanted to be the opposition. So we're in a new paradigm where, um, you know, I mean, look, it, it could be the Murdoch boys. They do on the Wall Street Journal. They own the New York Post. Um, it could be Chris Ruddy. I mean, there there are people that are trying to pick who the opposition in the future will be. You're right. There are very few people in the mainstream that are still fighting back the way you described. And, you know, Ingram's one of them. You know, Judge Jeanine and Hegseth, I mean, they try to do their what they can do, but most of the corporate media, be it be it quote conservative or not, a lot of the employees, even all the way down to, you know, the producer level, they're they're afraid. I mean, they they shot the king in front of them, so they killed Tucker in front of everyone. Right, and that right. was by that was by design. Right, because now you're going to self censor. Right, and the trick and the trickle down fear uh, is real. Yeah. Uh, AJ writes our guest. And again, I recommend his book, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture, uh, out about a year plus. Uh, but as he mentioned, uh, all, all uh, relevant today. Uh, where's it go? Where, AJ, again, you know, professionally now you're regarded as one of the real top notch guys that sees how to place folks and get their voices heard. But how's what? what are you you know, what are you hedging? How are you hedging to see what the future is? Well, look. I'm the goat, brother. I'm the goat of conservative <laughs> car, without a doubt. Um, I appreciate that. I will tell you, Limbaugh was the last thing we all agreed on. And there's a gigantic vacuum that exists. And, you know, you know, Buck Sexton and Bongino and some of the Jesse Kelly and some of these guys, they may have gotten their stations. And I work with all of them. I love all of them. Um, but we don't there's no unified leader. You, you are right. Tucker is. uh Tucker's, you know, going to do his thing, uh, you know, on the platforms he can. But, you know, we do have a a, a sort of headless uh, movement right now. I mean, I guess one could say Trump has sort of taken over that Limbaugh role and is and he's an actual politician on top of being an entertainer himself. Um, but, you know, we are in a place where there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of you know, markets not being serviced. There's a lot of audiences that can be touched. And that's why you see different people, you know, that we, we have been fractured. Some people go to Rogan. Some people go to Alex yeah. Jones. Some right. people go to Levin. I mean, so, but there is nothing we all agree on right now as far as, you know, Rush. It's kind of like people used to say Elvis Presley was the last thing we all agreed on and then music <laughs> split 
the music splintered. So, you know, Limbaugh is sort of our Elvis. Yeah, I think that sounds right, actually. That, 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 you may, better make that another column, uh, AJ. There you go. AJ Rice, I'm out of time. As usual, I run out of time, especially when I'm talking to somebody that I like listening to. His book is The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture, uh, available over at Post Hill Press. It's columns that he's written, wrote, wrote over years, that really lays out. It's like signposts on the cultural battle. Um, so check it out, AJ Rice. And if you need to get uh, your uh, voice communicated from authors, to bloggers, to others, uh, they uh, work with AJ. He is, uh, as he self-described, he's the goat uh, of getting those voices heard. All right, we got to take a break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Before the auto workers strike that President Biden failed to avert, President Donald Trump said it best when he said this. The auto workers are being sold down the river by their leadership. The UAW leadership should be demanding an end to Biden's electric car mandates and subsidies, which are wrecking jobs at Detroit automakers. One third of U.S. auto workers voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. But instead of representing his politically divided membership, the narrowly elected president of the United Auto Workers Union named Sean Fain has lashed out against Trump and thereby given away any political leverage the UAW might have had with Biden. The Wall Street Journal editorial board observed that the underlying cause of the auto walkout is the Biden administration's forced electric vehicle transition. Democrats cannot curb the power of the unions because Democrats leftist orthodoxy requires that they cripple the Detroit auto industry with demands for electric cars that use components from China. Democrats are mandating that electric vehicles become two thirds of the Detroit automakers sales by 2032 even though they are less than 3% today. The car company's profits that liberals cite in this strike are being plowed back into money-losing electric car development that few genuinely want. Disappearing jobs in Michigan and the Midwest would result from the electric vehicle mandate that favors Tesla's manufacturing with cheaper labor. Ignoring this, the UAW's headquarters in Detroit is called Solidarity House, while their new leader is a throwback to prior strike waves that destroyed Motown as the engine of America's prosperity. UAW leadership should not be so dumb as to assume that their membership will never catch on to the hypocrisy of endorsing the political party that seeks the destruction of the very industry that the auto workers rely upon to feed their families. The leftist vision for an electric vehicle future is not compatible with the needs of America's auto workforce. And a rude political awakening is in store for the UAW if they don't change their path quickly. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height stepping in for Mr. Ed Martin here again at the end of the show. Uh, that was a good one. Man, a couple of good interviews. Um, I know I feel like I always say that, but it's always true. <laughs> it just is. But today, uh, it was Scott McKay, really good uh, talk there. A.J. Rice, uh, the CEO of uh, Publius PR. Man, he was, a, he was a good one, too. Someone we uh, talk to frequently uh, as a publicist. But uh, it was really nice to talk to him on the show to hear from him. So I'm grateful for them joining us and uh, giving us some really good topics to talk about and think about. And uh, I tell you what, it's a lot. Those those were great interviews and a lot more intelligent than some of the things I'm reading in the news. <laughs> We've got, of course, you know, you you and I both know it's Thanksgiving week, so it's a little bit of a slow news week. Congress is uh, out of session. People are cleared out from D.C. Thank heavens. Am I right? You know, we're causing less trouble because nobody's there. I mean, maybe we could do this a few more weeks a year, and I don't think you or I would complain about it. But putting it aside, I digress. Um, it's a bit of a slow news week, but I tell you what, the news that has come up is just incredible. Some of the absolutely ridiculous things <laughs> that the left is doing, that Democrats are doing, instead of talking about all of these January 6 tapes, which, you know, it's, we've they've spent all of this time creating committees and select committees and subcommittees and documentaries and, and movie trailers for just how desperately horrific this day was, this insurrection. And yet all of the tapes come out and they go completely silent about it. And you have to wonder why. Well, I mean, you don't have to wonder why. You know why. It's because these tapes, just this raw, unedited footage shows pretty much exactly opposite of what they've been telling us for two years and trying to convince us of. So what are what are let's, let's take a look real quick. I just want you to understand some of the ridiculous headlines instead of uh, covering Thanksgiving and the wonderful and, and rich history we have here in America the greatest and most prosperous nation in the history of mankind. Uh, and instead of talking about these January 6 tapes, which is actually newsworthy, you know, information that has come out uh, in just the last few days, what are we talking about here? Well, uh, of course, uh, Joe Biden is uh, going to war against our gas furnaces now, not just gas stoves, gas furnaces. And and sure enough, you know, we couldn't get the stove thing done. So, so we're coming around to the furnaces. This is incredible um, to see. I've got an article here in front of me from from uh, PJ Media talking about how Democrats are starting to uh, move into new uh, rounds of releasing tax dollars to try to boost production of electric heat pumps. We need to move to electric heat pumps uh, and, and this this flimsy green agenda, which we've we've had such eloquent guests on talking about how the the, the sham of green energy and quote unquote improving efficiency is neither efficient nor an improvement. Uh, so that that's happening, but of course it would be a complete week uh, without Pete Buttigieg, apparently still running for president. He used his uh, pre-Thanksgiving travel news conference to bash extremist Republicans and shame them into, you know, scaring people. And every time that they have a a proposal that they're on the cusp of right now, threatening to reverse all of the progress we've made in funding the Department of Transportation, it's it's, it's like he thinks he's still running for president, I guess, because his entire pre-Thanksgiving travel news conference was about the evil extremist Republicans. It's it's quite funny, especially from someone who is, I think, at this point, widely laughed at as one of the most ineffective cabinet uh, heads, maybe you know, aside from Mayorkas. Although the Department of Justice, you know, that's this probably a competition. I think we're all grateful we're not in. Right. The cabinet secretaries at this point for who the, the race to the bottom, who's the worst. Um, but you turn over to uh, you know, and speaking of that. 
uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who uh, unfortunately the House failed to impeach last week, thanks to eight Republicans who did not send that through, but instead slow walked it back to a committee. Uh, he has ordered this week that Customs and Border Patrol agents not misgender illegal aliens uh, with the incorrect pronouns. We have to check with the pronouns of the incoming uh, folks who've broken the law and make sure we don't hurt anyone's feelings or offend anyone. These are the things that our cabinet secretaries are worried about instead of getting their jobs done. This is just the extent of derelict duty that we are facing down in federal government. And I mean, I, I look at it and say, well, where, where are the headlines? I mean, even some of the mainstream news has to admit how ridiculous and how follyful these things are. Follyful? Is that a word? Can we make that a word? Am I allowed to make words on Thanksgiving week? Follyful, full of folly? Uh, well, we're going to run with that, okay? You and I are going to run with that. And you're going to help me make this a thing in, in discussing the cabinet of Joe Biden. Uh we have this follyful cabinet, and even the mainstream news, I mean, they're doing their best to avoid it. Uh, it's incredible. It's trying to avoid the January 6th tapes, trying to avoid all the ridiculous things coming out of the cabinet this week. It's uh, really probably an incredible two-step that's going on, some elaborate dance moves over there in the mainstream news for them to try to avoid all of these issues, and yet there it is. But, uh, you know, you look at Congress, it's not much better. Uh, Rashida Tlaib is still a uh, representative, still making uh, her all of her appearances at pro-Hamas rallies. They call them ceasefire fire rallies, but um, it doesn't look very ceasefire-y when you get there and kind of see what's going on. It's just, it is a ridiculous uh, dog and pony show to watch the left dance around what's actually happening, what we talked about in the wink today, the what you need to know, following the evidence. Instead, we have to manufacture all of these things. It's really just incredible. And um, as we are looking down the barrel of all of those things going on and all of the ridiculous, follyful uh, executive um, antics... It's a good time to just take a deep breath and remind ourselves that as much as we have faced in this nation, as much as we are facing now, we have nonetheless received incredible blessings of freedom and liberty and prosperity from the Almighty. Through all of these years, through war-torn times, uh, both abroad and here in our own uh, nation, on our own soil, uh, through the ridiculous antics and the growth of government, through all of these things, all of these bad plans of man, uh, God has carved out a good plan for so many of us here in America for our nation itself, and it is something worth fighting for. It is something worth celebrating and looking back on. I'm glad we get to do that. So let these ridiculous things in the news be an encouragement to be all the more thankful for the good things that we have this week on Thanksgiving. That's my wrap-up for you today. Uh, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up for the email list, get all of this podcast standalones and the links, and don't forget to come back tomorrow for another edition here of the Pro-America Report. Thank you to Ed for leading the show, to Mason, my co-producer. Thank you to you for listening, and we will see you back here on the Pro-America Report tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.